Uh, so welcome back here to the Baron of Beverage. Uh, your host here, Jay. I'm here today with Golden Eye winemaker Mike Accurso. I hope I pronounced that right. Yeah, you nailed it. Pretty close there. Perfect. Only had three, three chances at it, and what is you know seven wines at our wine lunch today. If anything, um, it should be flowing perfectly. Should be flowing perfectly. Um, but um, what? Not a lot of people um, who are into wine have heard much about Anderson Valley. It's uh, north of Napa and Sonoma. They're off of uh, or, or on one twenty eight. Correct. Um, and earlier today, uh, you and I were talking. Uh, there are about what twelve hundred acres. You say twelve hundred acres planted. Yeah, which is one of the smaller ABAs in California. Um, a lot of the reason behind that is basically because the inability to plant anymore. There's uh, natural resources that aren't abundant, mainly water, um, and that is the driving factor behind everything. So if there's not water. More vines can't be planted, but we're lucky enough to have about 200 acres planted up there. So one sixth of the available acreage. Uh, yeah, all for, the ours for Golden. Now, so uh, Golden Eye Vineyards. Uh, I grew up a James Bond fan, and I know there's no connection there. It's a you're uh, it's a species of duck because you're part of the duckhorn family, correct? That, that's correct. So um, Dan Duckhorn, avid duck hunter, and appropriately named and themed all of his wineries after uh, some sort of waterfowl. Um, so when he went up to the Anderson Valley and was looking for the ideal place to grow Pinot Noir, uh, he found this spot. And um, it was a, a small house. It was, a, it was an Obester winery at the time. And it was a house and four acres planted of, of Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. And there was a, um, a, an irrigation pond in the back. And um, again, there was a golden eye duck in the pond uh, and, and golden eyes come in from the coast from time to time they're they're typically diving ducks but when there's harsh weather and they're known can, as bull, being bullheaded like in shape correct correct they have a very pronounced head a uh, very very large head and they have a very noticeable white patch right underneath their eye so that's kind of the distinguishing factor got you uh, they also have a very gleaming golden eye appropriately mm -hmm. so um yeah so there's a golden eye in the that water pond, so appropriately he, he named the name the, name the, the vineyard. Golden nice, and so uh, now I know the idea was going there at Pinot Noir, and I don't want to digress too much from that. But it, it seems like as late, uh, if one looks, you guys are branching out a little bit. I see. Well, there's well, there's a uh, uh, Van Gris uh, Pinot Noir that I saw, Correct. you know, which is a rosé. I'm guessing from Pinot Noir. Th this is true. So yeah. So what we do with that is. Um, and that's a direct-to-consumer wine only, so you can only get that at our tasting room, and it's very limited So it's supply. a reason to visit you guys. Absolutely, it is. got to come out if you want to get a taste of it. But uh, the Vingri, or, or the Rosé of Pinot Noir, is um, all free-run juice from our earlier picks of Pinot Noir, because we want to accentuate those delicate, light, crisp flavors. So mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a very distinct cutoff point where we won't be taking any more of that free-run juice, and, um, and that's all we make on a given year. So limited quantity, it's amazing. It's also a good porch pounder for the summer, so but I, that, I, that comes with I the have, territory. <laughs> everyone loves to do a little porch pounding, <laughs> I know. Uh, but I have this theory about rosés that rosés typically are passion projects for winemakers. It's something they want to make. Yes. Something, and that's true in your case? Very much so. So the, I'm not afraid to make a very big, bold style of Pinot Noir, um, but it's also kind of paying homage to the light and delicate nature of Pinot Noir. And mm -hmm. I think it's only appropriate to make um, a, a very light and delicate wine if mm -hmm. that's the case. And that's, that's kind of our rosé. 
Well, it's interesting, and I'm going to segue here. It's interesting you talk about that light idea of the rosés. And when, when we were tasting and talking about earlier about the Pinot Noirs that come out of Anderson Valley, they have this really kind of intense uh, fruit core to them. Um, in, 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 and, and that intensity of fruit, um, it comes, I believe, from, you know, you co- totally correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me that it comes a little bit from the uh, degrees of change that happen on a daily basis with the, the, the height of the heat and then the fogs that come in and the cooling. Yes. So, so that's probably the driving factor behind it, and there's some underlying reasons, too. And the underlying reasons is the soil structures that we're dealing with. We go from, uh, we were, at some point, probably in the not-too-distant past, we were all underwater, and, and, and we were very close to the ocean, so we were clearly um, a little more underwater than most. But essentially, there, it, it goes from uh, compressed sandstone to um, these very heavy clay soils. And some of the wines that we make um, are direct expressions of that, and it gives it a certain layer and richness and lushness that a lot of Pinot Noirs don't necessarily have. Mm-hmm. It's a little more depth and structure. But the other thing that you were discussing earlier is absolutely that the massive temperature swings, and we call it the diurnal swing, where we will go from a 100-degree day in the middle of summer to a 45-degree night, and that's mm. not an uncommon event. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so with that in mind, we uh, what we're sipping on here is the Golden Eye uh is Gowan Creek uh, Vineyard, which is the only, you said, the only uh, individual uh, vineyard release that's kind of widely right, uh, distributed. Right, right. This is the one you're going to find on the market. Again, if you want to see any of the other single vineyard designates, you got to come. Got to come, come, come make and see the trek. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, the Gowan Creek, you will see out and about on some um, some wine lists and some restaurants, and also if some distributors are, are lucky enough to get it out to uh, any wine shops, and uh, very, very seldomly, but it does happen, you can see it in a, in a grocery store chain. Um, but well, not this, here in Maryland, anyway. Well, Maryland, yeah. they don't allow the grocery store chains. Again, again, it depends on the state. But I definitely feel like one of the, and you were talking about earlier about the, the history of the soil and the clay, and I think some of that comes across here in this particular wine. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And essentially what's happening with this, and this is a, a very heavy clay soil site, and, and what happens with this wine is it starts from the ground up. And, and by the ground, I even mean subterranean. So everything that gets taken in by the roots um, transmits through the vine, out through the shoots, and, and then essentially into the fruit. And then the fruit is what I take and, and of course, make the wine out of. But um, these heavy clay soils have these these rich, rich layers, heavy in minerality, and it, and it really shows through with this wine specifically with this Gowan Creek mm-hmm. because there, there are layers to it. There's a lot of structure. There's a lot of richness and, and um, not anything that's typical out of a Pinot Noir that you would see out of California, but unique of the site specifically. Right. I mean, the density of color is amazing for a Pinot, um, and the fruit flavor at the core is... There's, there's a good amount of, like, tart berry, not just red, like, raspberry that people think of, but, you know, like, no, there's, slightly there's... ripe, uh, I'm thinking blackberry, like, before it's reached its full ripeness. Yes, yeah. and it's it's also an, a very amazing place for wild blackberry bushes. Wild blackberry, oh yeah. my gosh, so they wow. Go, they go hand in hand, right? So you have the wild blackberries out there, um, but, but, yeah, you're totally right, almost a pomegranate nose, you know, where you get that kind of tart but sweetness. Um, and, and even to some degree, uh, uh, I get a cherry plum. Oh, that's, that's like the, that's like the background note, almost like, you know, sometimes you have like a fruit tart and it's of a certain 
dominant with another nuance on top. And I feel yeah. like that's the underlying dominance is that cherry. Um, but you get, I, I remember earlier when I talked about this, I smelled almost a dusty cocoa on the nose. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of those earthy type elements on the palate as well. Yeah. Um, but it really is about just beautiful, elegant fruit right. uh, at the core throughout this entire thing. And it's got a, it's got a nice lengthy finish. It does. It does indeed. So this is, this is always a treat um, of a wine both to make and to present because it's uh, it's not your average Pinot by any means. So it's always something that surprises the average consumer, um, wine geek, Pinotphile, whatever you want to call right. whoever's drinking it. But uh, it raises some eyebrows at, at the at the nature of it, to say the least. Well, very good. Uh, so this is, again, uh, Golden Eye from Anderson Valley. Uh, we're sipping uh, today the uh, Pinot Noir from Gowan Creek Vineyard. Um, and it's been a real pleasure uh, to chat with you, Mike. And so cheers to our audience. Absolutely. Cheers, and guys. Until then. Enjoy.